welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. I am the aforementioned Max. Welcome to another week of this here rambling thing that I do. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. Let's get into it. So, um, people don't like nice things or like pay attention to things or just do things that are smart. And by this, I'm referring to the fact that allegedly... Um, Andrew Yang is still the front runner, I don't understand it, for mayor of the city that I live in, New York. Um, the dude doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything. I read this article this week about him where basically what he wants to do is take things that already exist, that the city already does, like 311 and things like that, and privatize it and farm it out to the farm, to the, not the farmer boys. I'm certain he'll, he'll find something for them to take away as well. But the um, tech boys, the uh, tech bros, he's basically trying to privatize all the things and pass that bullshit um, universal, universal income thing where the idea is to give people $2,000 a year. People who live in New York that are not doing well, 2000 a year not a month, a year, and basically use that as a way to get rid of all of the services that people need, like the supports around housing and medical and all this other shit. And it's just, uh, basically, he's trying to finish the job that Bloomberg and them started, which is basically pointing off the city to whoever wants to buy it. And it all sounds like garbage. And my God, the man is just straight up cringeworthy. Mans did his best Michael Scott last week with an LGBT group where he <laughs> he got on the Zoom with these folks who had like for real issues that they wanted to discuss and kept talking about gay bars and how his um, campaign managers are gay and like, you know, he has this friend who's gay and, you know, my best friends are gay and, you know, my campaign manager who's gay. It was the most cringeworthy. Imagine that episode of The Office where Oscar comes out and Michael's so pressed to pretend that he's not a homophobe, that he is just, just fucking shitting the bed. Imagine the cringeworthiness of that and multiply that by five billion. And that's the interaction that Yang had with this group. Now... Let's be clear, as much as I enjoy The Office, in a real-life situation, Michael Scott had no business in any way, shape, or form running anybody's anything in that organization. He was a liability out the gate and essentially terrible at his job with eventual, you know, sometimes a flash of light here and there. But he was bad at his job and he should never have had that position. It is basically the story of white men failing up. But in this particular scenario, progress, y'all, it is a person of color failing up because man's them don't have the range and he don't have the interest. That's the other thing. Man's has never voted for a fucking mayoral in a fucking mayoral election. He don't really have the interest in doing the job. And we've seen what happens when cats take a gig just to kick cake off and have it. And with no real interest in doing it, we saw that shit for the last four years and it didn't do well. And in a city like New York, we don't need this kind of fucking 
Wahala with some fucking weirdo who's just trying to get on to do anything. Like, Mads barely lives here. Like, let's keep it a buck. Upstate New York is not the same as New York City at all. Like, he don't really have any interest in the job. He just wants to pawn it off and call himself, what are the, the thing they like to say? Disrupting. We don't need disruptions, B. We need stability. We need somebody who got some sense. We need somebody who's interested in the job. How about that? To start, being interested in the job. That's something. Any hooser. Um, and other ain't shit news, people are failing black girls again, as they do whenever um, the the subject of a police murder is a, a woman. Um, all week, people have been showing their assholes about Makia Bryant's murder at the hands of police and really trying to, like, make the, the, the whole storyline of uh, her earning what she got because she had a knife. My, look... This girl didn't have a solid adult to protect her. A bunch of adult chicks pulled up on that girl to jump her more than once. And her fucking foster parent was fucking nurturing the bitches to jump her. So nobody had her back. The one place she thought possibly she could have been protected fucking killed her. The Pope pulled up in less than two seconds killed her. But y'all motherfuckers want to talk about how well, she had a knife and la la la, and she was gonna, and she was gonna, she was protecting herself. That's what she was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all be like, oh, ladies, you should learn how to fight. You should learn how to use weaponry. You should la la la. Black ladies do whatever, and then somebody does, and y'all are like, well, she had it coming. Fuck y'all, and fuck everybody who thinks that this is a fucking lane that you should jump into. Like, you got people out here fucking co-signing charlatans i'm not gonna mention that nigga's name on here but he was on that fucking breakfast show or whatever with those fucking empty vessels and you know you know a broken clock is right twice a day and this was his day and man's them the yellow one who is probably the emptiest of the vessels and that's saying something with those three but he's like oh well, i might be a coon but Everything after but is bullshit, y'all. So you know what the time was. I clicked that shit off because as it was, I was not going to uh, <laughs> subject myself to a bunch of nincompoops with a charlatan attached talking shit about this little girl being murdered. I just wasn't. And he was like, they may call me a coon. I'm like, sir, know thyself. You you are. There's no may. You are. Anyway, fuck them. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody that failed that girl. Fuck. Just fuck this fucking place in general. Anyway, moving on. So this woman um, found out that she had a felony after 21 years because some cat she dealt with didn't return a copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch 21 years ago. So she had a felony. They charged her with a felony for not returning a VHS tape. I could have went out like that, I realized. So she couldn't fucking, she couldn't get jobs and shit because she had a felony and didn't know it, which is wild to me. And now she knows why. They took it off her, her fucking books, obviously, because it's a fucking VHS tape. But imagine that I didn't get hip to the fact that a former friend of mine did not return um, Superfly 
to Blockbuster and I got hip to it. Luckily, I returned it. But imagine it like 20 plus years later, <laughs> I got I get binged and shit every time I try to get a job, not knowing why. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 21 years. Man, that's just hardcore Blockbuster. Hardcore. Anyway. Moving on to this week's guest. This week on the podcast, I had the pleasure of talking to Sarah Honey Young, the legendary photographer, DJ, um, polymath, freaking creative genius behind um, the iconic American Woman project where she flipped the lens on what an American woman looks like. And just basically highlighted dope black chicks. I was one of those dope black chicks. Very proud to have been. Anyway, I talked to her this week about her career and how she got to where she got to and what the end game looks like for her career. It was so much fun. She's one of my favorite people. She's so talented and like just fucking dope. And like, you know, she really deserves all her things. You know what I'm saying? Super, 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 super psyched that we were able to sit down and talk. I hope that you enjoy it. I know I did. And it's coming up in two seconds. Today on the podcast, I have the legendary Sarah Honey Young. She is an award-winning creative director. She is the web and graphic design guru legend OG from the that bitch days to gangsterly that's how long I've been following wow and she is also the creator of the iconic American woman project that I was proud to be a part of she made me look like a legend y'all and of course she's a photographer a DJ and an eternal baddie welcome to mostly max and other things honey that's the best intro I've ever got (laughs) (laughs) I was really feeling myself right there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited to have you on here. I was just talking about you with uh, last week's guest, actually. Um, did tell. Echo Oliver, who uh, took the picture that I used for the cover of this. And I, we were talking about, um, you know, he's a photographer as well, obviously. Yeah, and- I love him. He's fantastic. And we were just, we were basically standing down. (laughs) And at the time of that recording, I was like, yeah, I need to get honey on here. (laughs) Well, I'm, it is my pleasure. I haven't done a podcast. Well, let's see. I did one for this uh, magazine that I shot the cover for, but I was doing them a lot a few years ago. I feel like because everybody had one a few years ago. Remember like the podcast explosion? Yeah. Like literally every single person I knew. And then and then um I hadn't done one in years, at least like three or four. And then I did that one. That was a short one. Mm-hmm. And now you. So yay. Yeah. I love to see it. I feel I feel special. <laughs> you you are special. You my New York girl. You're my Brooklyn girl. Well, you know, glad to be that. Glad to be that. When outside opens up, um, we, we got to have a date. <laughs> Period. Yes, I, I need to get back there for sure. I hear you. So let's get started. Okay. Okay. My first question is, what do you do and why do you do it? 
Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you said in the intro, I do so many things, honestly. I've been trying to pare it down. And I know what do you do is not about, like, career. I'm already overthinking this shit. You are. (laughs) You absolutely are. (laughs) It's the Aquarian in me. What do I do? Ooh, Ooh. Well, I consider myself to be, like, a creator. Um, I like to create things. I like to create experiences. I like to create uh, visual art. I like to create um, spaces for myself and others, particularly Black women and queer people, mm-hmm. to feel um, elevated, to feel represented. Um, so that's that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do nothing. That is perfectly fine and acceptable. <laughs> I'm also a doer of nothing at times, which I couldn't say before. Maybe even the pandemic started because I didn't feel comfortable doing nothing. I always I felt like doing shit was very heavily tied to even my self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do I do it? Honestly, because it makes me really happy. Uh, that's so cliche, but no, I, if it's I, true, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I find, I, I just find joy in creating things and for using my platform to do things like that, particularly as I start meeting people um, that are younger than me, you know, cause I'm in an age now where I'm meeting so many people that are younger than me, child, like, Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm like, like one of one of my friends was born in 1999. Oh my god! I was like, holy shit! Like they said something about Destiny's Child and like got the member name wrong, and I was like, no, it's Latoya. And they were like, well, girl, I was born in '99. I was like, god damn, right? That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> like, good god almighty. But I just, I, I really, I really do it because I've always been a creator of things. If it's not like arts and crafts when I was a child, um, always sewing something, always painting, always drawing. I used to make money drawing tattoos, like temporary tattoos on my friends. Oh, wow. That was my first hustle in like elementary school, going into middle school. Um, And it just, I feel like it's the only thing that makes me feel really happy and zen with my life is just like having some kind of like creative outlet. So that's why I just do so many goddamn things. Like I, yeah, you said I'm a creative director. Um, I started out in tech um with web design and development I think that's where like anybody who's known me for like 10 years plus mm-hmm. is like oh honey yeah honey's mm-hmm. honey's the, the stem girl she's a tech girl she's a web designer you know she mm-hmm. builds like these like digital experiences for people um but I've always been interested in photography my father was an amateur um photographer um my brother was an amateur photographer as well. I've always had like a camera in my hand. So I do that. Um, I'm a visual artist. I, lo- I love to paint and draw. I don't even think a lot of people like on the internet know that, but um, yeah, I'm a DJ. <laughs> I love finding the intersections of music and art a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And you're very good at it. 
Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm just telling the truth. I don't be out here lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my second question is, how did you get started in the industry? Oh, child, which one? <laughs> Pick one or all of them. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. I started in like the music industry. Um, God, I well, I mean, besides just being a lover of music, my father had me surrounded by music heavy my entire life. So when I started out, I started working as like a teenager at support online hip hop. So.com. I started doing like web design stuff for them. And then that eventually led to working for um, Vibe Magazine, which was always a dream of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since I saw, I think it was when I saw like Love Jones as a, as a kid. And I was like, oh, that that's like, like Nina's whole character. She was a photographer at mm-hmm. Vibe Magazine. And I was like, okay. And I used to love Vibe. So mm-hmm. those um, first issues of Vibe were just fucking legendary. They were fucking iconic. And it, and also like Honey magazine. I was like gonna all, say like those first three issues of Honey were freaking iconic. So I actually was on the phone with one of the founders of Honey magazine the other day, and I didn't make the connection when we first started talking. She's interviewing me for something. She's doing like a a thing with Essence magazine about uh, photographers. Oh, fantastic! And she just slipped that in so casually. And- <laughs> I went into like heavy fangirl mode uh, uh, over her. So it's just always been like music industry related stuff. A lot of my friends are DJs. I know a lot of people in the music industry is like musicians. I know a lot of rappers. I think that's just like a New York thing too. Mm -hmm. Like everybody knows music people in New York. Um, Going to concerts. Mm -hmm. um, You know, there's a concert every day. Well, not right now, but... You know, there's just always something to get into, something to watch, somebody to discover. Um, So that just came from like organic, natural love of music. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was always like writing parallel to my love of art. Um, And I guess, so how did I get involved in web design? I didn't take, I didn't go to school for it. Um, I figured out how to do it myself just because I wanted a website. I wanted a web, uh, it wasn't called a blog even when I started. I don't even know what the fuck we called them. It wasn't a live journal. I actually was not on live journal. I was like one of those people who was literally coding everything by hand. There was no like platform I went through back when I first started to like I just designed it and like went through FTP went in like went in like text edit to edit the code and that and I just loved being able to explore you know what I guess they still call the internet new media I don't know child it's not that new anymore but when I was you know (laughs) like a teenager it was like new a new platform and it was kind of like the wild wild west Mm -hmm. right I remember those days yeah and it was just fun um it still is fun, just not not in the same way it was no, before. No, definitely not. So I feel like how I got started is an ever-evolving story that is still happening. Right. <laughs> you know, because I'm still, I feel like I'm still, I feel like I'm a seasoned fucking vet in like tech mm-hmm. and certainly like web design, web development, user interface design, art direction, creative direction these are all things I've been doing since I was literally like 15 years old but when they didn't have a name for it yet 
Exactly, exactly. But then um, even with the photography, I did not start doing, doing that professionally until like five years ago. And so I still feel like I'm emerging in what I feel is like becoming the thing people most associate with me now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still, I'm still getting started. And a lot of it is, I've sort of functioned as a, as a mentor for mm-hmm. so many years, which I'm fine with. Like, I like that. But some of that is just being early to stuff. Like, I'm definitely an early adopter of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a position where I have other people who are advocating for me in the photography business, people who've been at it longer than me, people who are older than me. And that's like a glorious feeling to actually be in a situation now where I have mentors or or just like, and and they're all like black women too. And that speaks to your talent. I mean, you have an amazing, amazing eye. Like some of the images that you've produced are just fucking like, like it looks like history you know what I mean like it's happening while you're watching oh I like love it, that. it's wild to like like you know it's funny when you're the one doing it you don't really know exactly the effect it has on other people but you have a way with creating an image and just kind of lovingly loving on the person that you're, ph- you're photographing and like really that's why one of the reasons why I, I absolutely adored the American Woman Project because you don't really see black people that way and also with the work that you're doing with queer folks like you don't really see lovingly layered beautiful bright you know what I mean because everything yeah. attached to us all really is struggle and sadness and all that fucking bullshit but you can see the love and the joy and all of that and all of the pictures and it's really appreciated. Thank you, Max. That you're you're not the first person to say that to me. A couple of people have started describing my work that way, and it just it give it give me that moment that I'm like, uh, what I'm trying to do is coming through. Because sometimes right. you don't know if it is or not, and and I don't work like that in every moment. Like, how are other people going to see this? I'm just shooting, you know. But I do like deeply like become fascinated with all of the people that I work with Mm -hmm. you know I mean a lot of them I've known already and I already like love them like I knew you already but Mm -hmm. like when I'm shooting I'm thinking about myself a lot and how I would want to be treated because I cannot stand getting my like to this day and I've gotten my picture taken more in the past couple years than ever and I just it's always like an anxiety inducing experience particularly Which is a shame because you are stunning Which wow. <laughs> I think some of it I thank you I think some of it though is just being like even plus sized yeah. and just there's just not just certain angles that I'm like don't do that that's not gonna be oh, oh yeah. don't be shooting me from like, like just crotch level looking <laughs> up like I'm not interested in the superwoman pose that you're trying to put me in. Yeah, no, I don't I don't like being shot like that. So I I try to approach everybody. Like even when I shoot people, I will go look at their social media first. Like what pictures of you are you putting up of yourself? Because you know, you you probably like it if it's on your Instagram and you put it there. So I'll go even see like what angles do they like, what side of their face do they favor, like that kind of thing. Um, but the way I started, can you hear my son? <laughs> He's like, got a little soundtrack going on. Um, 
the way I've started describing it, because through the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of uh, portfolio reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when like editors from like New York Times, National Geographic, um, Getty Images, like all these really amazing publications, they will come um, and actually go through your portfolio with you. They'll give you really good feedback. Yeah. Um, so I've done a couple of those thanks to like Black Women Photograph and Diversify Photo and Art of Freelance have been offering these opportunities. And I was talking to a, a woman who does a lot of uh, visual work at Netflix. Mm -hmm. And she said, I really love how you control and take control of the gaze, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and you recenter the gaze. And I've kind of described my work like that, particularly with American Woman. But mm -hmm. when she said that, I was like, okay, for you to like see that without, because I didn't say, I didn't say nothing. I was just like, boom, here's my work. What you think, girl? And, <laughs> and she got that right away. So I do consider that to be an important facet of my work, like recentering the gaze. I don't choose to depict the people I photograph as like downtrodden or anguished, right. impoverished, defeated. You have them looking like deities, to be honest. They just look, you know, regal and, you know, like bathed in heavenly <laughs> light. <laughs> well, that's honestly, it's because that's how I'm seeing them through my lens. And uh, you know, you know, from being an American woman, I give almost everybody I shoot, like at least, you know, some kind of collaborative control over what we do in. like, what, what do you feel comfortable in or mm -hmm. not? Like, how have you always wanted to be depicted that you haven't yet? You know, where do you want to shoot this? Like, I like shooting in intimate spaces of my subjects shooting. It absolutely makes it much more comfortable because, you know, I, my default normally was to say no to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know I, I remember when you put out like the um the call for women who might be interested and I was like I should nah and then I was then you asked me and I was like I had just read that Shonda Rhimes book my year of yes or whatever and I was mm -hmm. like let me say yes to this and I started saying yes to a bunch of shit that year that I would have been horrified to do and I'm very happy I said yes because me too because it was wonderful it was a wonderful experience because it was just like you know you know um you were pretty much like cosplay yourself. How do you want to be? <laughs> like, exactly. What you, know, you were like, what's like, I want it to be as Brooklyn as possible. And I was like, what's more Brooklyn than a bedside stoop? <laughs> yes. Yes. With a drink in your hand. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and that's me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it says that like two of the most iconic pictures of me is me surrounded with like booze and shit, but whatever. <laughs> whatever that is like i mean look that's real though i i got so comfortable i mean first of all i loved your house i love a brooklyn brownstone like i came up in the bronx and harlem so i'm like an uptown girl uh -huh. but i do love brooklyn almost everybody i i am cool with is in brooklyn and i i've always wanted that the damn brownstone <laughs> and so i had a in like a, an incredible time just hanging out with you drinking I got so comfortable at your house I left my fucking five hundred dollar camera lens oh my God. sitting on that your gate overnight for hours I'm so happy nobody took that shit oh me wow. too like that would have been devastating but that's how comfortable I got with you like oh let me that just was put, wonderful let me just put my expensive ass equipment right here and just willy nilly it'll be fine it'll get work. drunk <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know yeah. that's the whole vibe too like it felt like you know we was just chilling and you was just taking pictures you know yeah. and asking questions and it was like whatever yeah let's do that <laughs> and it, it was really wonderful and so I have all of this footage that uh, that nobody has ever seen but me mm-hmm. because I got the same grant I got to start America Woman I got it again mm. in 2020 except for twice the amount nice. finally I was like please can you give me what I budgeted like don't don't be skimping and still expect me to execute the project right um so it's, it's called Advancing Black Arts in Pittsburgh. I got it again to fund the actual documentary part. Mm-hmm. So what I'm, <laughs> oh, I, ta- I talked about this a little bit on like social media when I, when it was announced and mm-hmm. I said, Hey, I got this, I got another grant to finish American Woman in the way I wanted to for the past five years now, yeah. but I'm going to go back to every single one of y'all and do it all again because it's gonna kind of function as a time capsule yeah you know like where were you five years ago when um we were we didn't know when any of this shit was gonna happen obviously idea (laughs) like even some of the people I photographed at first like my first group in New York because you were my second group in New York Mm -hmm. like a year later my first group in New York um Alexa in DC and the first group in Chicago that was when um the 2016 elections were happening between Hillary and and the other motherfucker and so the conversation was around like okay a woman president what is that gonna look like because we all just assumed that's where we finally did we were dumb (laughs) so and and um you know just also just coming off of the Obama presidency and so those conversations are going to be so much different oh yeah (laughs) you know I mean they're all going to be different because I I did everything between 2016 and 2018 so to come back now 2021 you know ideally hopefully post-pandemic and it have these conversations with people like people have some some women have lost like there's two women American women who have lost like a hundred pounds holy shit yeah and some there's women who've gotten married had babies gotten divorced Mm -hmm. completely relocated like Christina was in Chicago when I shot her in 2016 she is in Philly now so it's going to be very interesting to to revisit that and just see like kind of what the scope of time has done that wasn't my original 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 concept for American woman but just should be working out sometimes I think it's not working out <laughs> like I'm like this is not what I wanted it's not gonna I, I like and I'll get upset but then when I just kind of lean back and just let it do what it do I'm like okay this actually is a better idea it just kind of falls into place yeah exactly so American woman be back in New York this summer I'll be here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm certain I will have different answers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? Since then, I've become a wild weed head, and <laughs> I uh, have little to no uh, use for a lot of things. Even though I never did, even back then. But uh, that's also true. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know I definitely have different hot takes this time. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) I am too. Let me pull out my cocktails and get back on the stoop. I'm ready. (laughs) Yes, Yes, indeed. Right. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Yay, indeed. Um, So for my third question, 
what do you hope to achieve? Like, what does the big picture final form of your career look like? Oh, shit. Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna answer this in two parts. You know I'm long. I don't know if you knew I was long winded as hell. The name of the show is Mostly Max and Other Things, and the other things is rambling. So yeah, it's perfectly yes. fine. <laughs> I'll be talking about as well. Um, I know that in the immediate future, I really want to keep expanding the reach of my work. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with the progress of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I even look at things I shot like four years ago and I, I don't like cringe mm-hmm. but I'm like oh I would have shot that completely differently now like mm-hmm. I know just so much more about even just lighting Avery come on <laughs> have a whole like seven-year-old soundtrack <laughs> um, we want to do honestly want to do a lot more exhibitions because part of like the ultimate goal of my work not is not I'm not gonna say not necessarily to get in like big museums and galleries just for like just for you know the artist's sake like that's what you know the natural progression of ideally an art career would go right but I just because of the people that I photograph I really want to see those people in those those kind of historic annals of what we consider to be representational of, you know, America, American art. It just, you know, like Jay-Z said, put some color girls in the MoMA. Like I referenced that line a lot. Um, so I, I just want to exhibit my work way more. I want to exhibit my work outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I actually want to get the fuck out of Pittsburgh at some point in the next couple of years. Cause although I've had some really great wins in Pittsburgh and I'm never going to discount that. I also have met some really incredible people here, but this city is just tiring as hell. I think it's kind of like a big fish in a small pond sort of thing, right. honestly. And that's not something I would have said a couple of years ago. Cause I was like being like, very just almost too humble you know what I mean like I'm like I I tell all my friends like when you you feel like you're doing big shit like I'm gonna tell you you fierce like I'm not gonna let you like I'm not gonna let you discount yourself so I I've stopped talking about myself like like, you know you know I'm just I'm just doing no no I'm a big fish that's right and then for a (laughs) very long time and that's the funny thing the people who are really fucking doing it like they almost never can talk like you know brag on their own shit or talk they shit and it's so funny because it's like the cats who is not even close they they got the biggest chat of every body facts be like they loud as hell like, like they call every minute quiet like you should <laughs> shut the fuck up because you're not nah <laughs> you're not doing it <laughs> but i i've tried to get away from like being too goddamn humble with my shit so now i'm, I'm at the point now where i'm like no i'm I got room to grow for sure and I'm excited to grow and like learn new things and like take things farther but you know I'm really goddamn comfortable with where I am now as far as like what I'm capable of the things that I'm being invited to be a part of even in the past year like a lot of dope shit happened during the pandemic for <laughs> me which was crazy because I spent the first like three months of the pandemic I, I guess like everybody else did in a complete and total like 
depressive spiral. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I was like, my whole shit is just done because so much of it relied on being around people. Right. But all all the like virtual talks I did, even DJing on live stream really like got me in front of people that wouldn't normally see me do that, you right. know, because they're not here. Um, so yeah, it's a bit more work. Um, I want to shoot a lot more editorial, like since this time last year, I've shot for the New York Times three times. I've seen that. Nice <laughs> <I>, flex. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, I've had my work featured in like um, Days Magazine, New York Magazine, which was a big, the New York Magazine thing was bigger for me than the New York Times. New York I Magazine is that girl. So yeah. I'd have been sweating myself too, not for nothing. I was like, yeah, it's like this ultimate dream for like a New York girl. And I shot for The Verge recently. I shot for ESPN last weekend. Fantastic. So I want to keep doing that, but I want to keep doing it again my way. You know, it's the only way to do it for it to be authentically you and yours. You know, that's, I mean, and that's been working for you. Like, keep doing your shit. (laughs) blessed blessed honestly these editors even are looking out for me because they're sending me work that is black women queer people and I'm like yes I'm so happy they could have me like the first dude I shot for the New York Times actually he was like a 60 or 70 something year old white dude who lived in the middle of Pennsylvania and I was like I don't know how this gonna go but he was the coolest dude oh my god I love that man we had like the greatest conversation um so even that was cool but generally speaking I'm like I still want to I'm always going to concentrate my work on the communities in which I'm a part of so I also I guess longer term it's hard but I really want to be okay no boom here we go I want (laughs) to be able to just travel wherever I want and always be able to either have work there waiting for me or make a project out of it because honestly the thing that I think works for me but also annoys like a lot of people like my friends or like my partner well she's not my partner anymore but whatever her (laughs) is that it's like you are never not working like you're even just working in your brain like why don't you just relax and I'm like honestly to go on vacation and still be shooting things is vacate like that makes me happy like I love doing that so if I could be in a situation where I can travel more and just make work wherever I go and be able to make a living out of that Mm-hmm. be able to support myself support my kids you know keep up my household that's the ultimate dream if I just did that for the rest of my life I would be really happy but it's honestly I universe now so you know I want like an, I want like an Oscar award I want that I'd be like you know I know you know she took my picture no we will still be friends no matter what but I really want like yeah I mean if we just dream it big right now I would love like an Oscar for some documentary I do 10 years from now I don't know that'll be 10 years it might be a year or two years that would be overwhelming the way time moves girl it won't be yeah no you're right it absolutely not that's (laughs) that's like dream board type shit 
you know, like I just, I want like the big ones. Um, just, I think it's just all about recognition. Like I have, what I struggle with more than anything, um, I talk to my therapist about it a lot, is <laughs> just always feeling like I'm busting my ass and not like getting to where I want to be. And some of that is about rec recognition. Like people be like, I don't need to be validated by other people. Okay, that's cute for you. I do. <laughs> Talk about, tell your shit, tell the truth. And a lot of people be like, oh, I didn't care about that anyway. I'm like, you liar. <laughs> Either they're lying Everybody or- wants to be acknowledged for the hard work that they do. And I do, yeah. Then, you know, if it's mad awards or cats, you know, um, honoring you for shit, then so be it. Like that's- that, that kind of thing feels good. And it also like brings in opportunities to put other people on. Like I have so like I really like working with a, a group of people that I get to choose that I know are talented and flying under the radar. So like I'm never gonna be standing anywhere great without people around me. I love that. I'm never gonna not bring people with me. So it's all it's all attached to that. Like when I get annoyed when I'm like yo this this little thing I tried to do I should have got that especially like grants and fellowships mm -hmm. so much of it is some of it is about ego for sure like I'm an Aquarius I have a little bit of ego but so much more of it is I'm like yo like it the people I worked with on this you know we deserve as a collaborative group to yeah. just have more visibility yeah. And I mean, no. you, get, you get fed up too, because it's like, this guy is um, doing a gallery thing with other people's Instagram pictures and getting to the money. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like that, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm out here hustling and creating and like opening these paths up and like, well, it's all for you know. Into it. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so much of it is about who you know. Like there was a yeah. whole article on Artsy, which is a website that I stalk religiously <laughs> about like the most like famous or I guess like accomplished artists. It's all about like who they knew, who they were surrounding themselves with. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, I don't, like I'm not, I'm not a networker. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at like, yeah. oh, I should go here and like- I'm terrible at it. Introduce myself to that person because that person does this and that like I I'm not like that I'm terrible at it it gives me anxiety even to be put in that situation I've been invited to certain things where it's like honey this person is going to be there and I really want you to I, I'm going to put y'all in contact with each other because blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like I just feel so fake I'm like, <laughs> like right right I love, I've been getting by all this time, just like truly making organic, natural connections with people. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm just like, okay, I want my work to certainly the visibility of my work to just be heightened so I can keep that going, not have to seek out certain things or like make super strategic moves around who I'm talking to or whatever I just I'm like okay if more people just see what I'm doing see the projects I'm trying to create and see all the people that I'm featuring in my work at some point the next person is going to see and be like oh shit okay 
Tony would be really good for this. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's my problem. And I think part of it is just Pittsburgh in general. Being in Pittsburgh, although it's afforded me some opportunities, like the grant stuff I've got, Mm -hmm. it's also like people don't generally pay attention to Pittsburgh, especially Black folk. It's not like an epicenter of, you know, Blackness and shit. There's a lot of niggas here. (laughs) But people are not like... they're not thinking about Pittsburgh for stuff they think about New York they think about Chicago you know the the bigger city Atlanta of course of course but I'm like okay so so and so so just as much as like being in Pittsburgh is kind of like dampening I think the reach of my work and the visibility it's also coming in handy because when the New York Times has somebody in Pittsburgh they need to shoot they're gonna come to me it's not like there's like 50 other bitches you know basically the Pittsburgh bureau person at this point (laughs) they like if there is a black woman or a queer person to shoot in Pittsburgh the honey's gonna do it so it's working out for me in that way but that's I don't know if I'm even still answering I've been answering this question for about 18 hours now but (laughs) that's just I can't see past that like I can't see like you know 30 40 years from now like okay I'm at I'm I'm at this point in my career hopefully I'm chilling Jesus I would be like all this but but you know I don't I can't see that far necessarily I just see like where I want to keep traveling to that might be for the best to be honest like sometimes you know, just plotting out maybe the next month might be enough and less over less overwhelming. You know? Yeah. So. Oh, you know what I do want though? Let me just put this in the atmosphere because I was just talking to somebody about this last night. <laughs> Giggles. The Guggenheim um, Genius Grant. Or, I'm sorry, the MacArthur Genius Grant. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was just, I, I was talking to one of my friends about that grant last night because I, I got this email the other day that, and this is the first time this ever happened to me, an anonymous donor, hmm. like I will, I will never know who this person is, chose me for funding this what? year. They picked like a prominent artist for funding. And I was like, yo like what this is yes (laughs) yes 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 I love this this right here like this is lit (laughs) like just unrestricted and again with the same when I was talking to Echo it was the same thing came up and I said what I wish that I was in a place where I could just be a benefactor to all my favorite artists so they you know create an opportunity for them to just be able to work and not like like that MacArthur grant like the Ford Foundation shit like you know just get into the money making Mm -hmm. it rain on them so they can make that good shit that people like and not have to worry about how they're going to get to the money and get to Listen, it. And son, just all you got to do is work. That sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> it is absolute heaven, son. Like that, those like big ass grants, it's like a hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Six hundred, my God. Like, I'm like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I can do things with this. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, yes. Fuck yes. Like, <laughs> well, just, it's out there now. We're calling it. Yeah, I'm just putting that in the atmosphere. Exactly. I would I would love to be in the contention for something like that one day. That would be lit. I would be happy. I, I would like I just because I have still a lot of things that I'm like, oh, if I like this is a morbid, but I'm a morbid bitch. If I like die tomorrow or next week or whatever, and I don't 
have not accomplished these certain things, I'm gonna be real pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be on my deathbed like this is not like, this is bullshit. Y'all gotta transfer my consciousness into another body because I am not going, honey. Like no, no. Oh man. But like stuff like that, like the ultimate recognition of artistic work from like this board of anonymous people you will never know to say yes this person's like body of work it was already worthy. starting to happen so you might as well keep throwing it up into the air that yeah but yes yeah, that's not I don't think I've ever said that out loud either that's dope though and you know you know sometimes you gotta say it so you know once you put it out into the world you know you're like Oprah. You just be pulling stuff out that I'm like, yo, I didn't even try to say that. that is, Cause she be getting the tea. She really does. She 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 be digging in on motherfuckers and making them feel real comfortable about it. Yeah, and they just give up everything. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. So. My fourth question is, what advice would you give to someone that is interested in your work? Oh, okay. <laughs> like I'm ooing every question. Like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you better ask these questions. Um, wow. Advice, 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 which I actually give all the time and I'm blanking. <laughs> Definitely just, so, okay. Actually, here's the advice I give artists. I'll start there. I tell artists, I'm like, you need to have a media kit. <laughs> I'll get to like the more existential shit in a minute, but anybody who is like looking at my work, like, oh, I, 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 I love that. I admire honey, or maybe I want to do that too. First is like, figure out like, not your brand. That's, that's, I've, I, that's something I have done, but only because I come from that kind of background, right. but like have, have a, have an artist statement, write an artist statement have a shorter version of it that's just like the snippet bio so that way when someone reaches out to you about certain things or when there's a grant that's due in like five days you already have at least that like who are you what kind of work are you doing what kind of work do you want to do like figure yes. that shit out first and write it down mm-hmm. um buy a domain name that mm-hmm. is preferably your name that's what i did <laughs> when i first decided i was going to do this podcast mm-hmm. Smart. Am I still working on that website? Yes, I am. But it's in my name. <laughs> but you got it. And that's 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 what I would say. Just like get it, get your name on Instagram. Like whatever you decide it's gonna be, get it. Because immediately, the, even before you do anything. Exactly. The worst part is just having an idea and, and naming it and, and structuring this whole shit around it, and then it's just like not available. That happened so person. many times with certain clients of mine that I'm like, you didn't check that first like how did you not check that first like politicians don't even do that shit like the fucking name somebody is squatting on their domain and shit Mm -hmm. and they be fucking trolling the shit out of them i'm like well your people fucked up exactly (laughs) but i mean i guess like with me like i've just been on the fucking internet for so goddamn long like my name is honey on twitter It so is H-U-N-Y, and I know if I was just getting on Twitter like now or in the last couple of years, I would never get my damn name on Twitter. Uh, I definitely didn't get it on Instagram. Some there's some other bitch name money on Instagram. That shit pissed me off. Son. I tried to lock down my name on um mostly Max on TikTok, 
in case I ever decided to actually film that, which I'm old, I'm not doing that shit. But <laughs> if I decided that I wanted to talk my shit on there, there was like 15 white girls <laughs> talking about mostly back. And I'm like, you're 14. You don't have anything. <laughs> you <do> my shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, we running out of like options and shit. But yeah. that was that would be my first piece of advice. Just like get get the get the boring business marketing stuff taken care of first. And then you can like work on like who do you who who do you want to feature in your work if you're like a photographer or artist or whatever mm-hmm. what what is the like prevailing line that you want to have that carries through all of your work mm. what is the feeling that you want people to come a- away with you know and how is that true to like who you are as a person because that is what makes it natural like when we we as black folk talk about like code switching mm-hmm. So glad I don't have to do that anymore. I, I'm a full-time freelancer. I ain't got no job. I actually never had had to do that at a job, you know, work for Vibe and BET and shit. I've never and had to go really to the beauty work. of working as a freelancer, working as a contractor. Like, I wish I had been doing it for years because yeah, doing all of that heavy lifting in like a corporate setting and like being on, that shit is draining. It is. it is I feel I really feel for my friends that have to change their whole personality and the way they talk to make a living but um Avery I'm doing a podcast babe <laughs> um oh you want more juice yes okay give me a second <laughs> you don't care what the fuck I'm doing um god damn you me lose my goddamn train of thought what was I saying um, oh prevailing thought a prevailing line do your work boom there we go um just figure out what what kind of work you want to do and be true to it oh that's why i brought up code switching because it's like don't code switch with with your work like it has to be true to you it has to like you have to be passionate about it in some way and that means everything (laughs) that you do is going to follow that so that's why like i i'm i'm doing a presentation for um pit tomorrow morning Mm. um it's a it's a third one i I've done with them and it's you know it's virtual obviously so it's just gonna be a bunch of like 20 something year old people staring at me from little squares on zoom (laughs) (laughs) but I have to you know present my work talk about you know my work um in general and also like cater to the class itself like their their subject matter and I was going you know through my work which I do a lot because I keep my portfolio updated but I was like okay what I have like 20 minutes (laughs) <laughs> to pre- to present work can't present it all not in 20 minutes that would take a day <laughs> at least 20 24 full ass hours to just like <laughs> present all my work right. at this point but I'm like all right let me just find stuff that really speaks heavily and quickly to what I'm about as an artist and I was going through my stuff and I was like okay <laughs> like I I definitely like am this it's all like what I want. It's That's all what I want. It's when you're all like, what oh, I, I did this already. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Like just kind of looking at it on like slides. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is it's like, oh, I am in fact that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's very neat. My work is very neat. So that that is also my advice to people. Like your work whatever it is like if you want to just go photograph a bunch of blonde white girls (laughs) 
that cheerlead. That's fine. You know, I, I mean, I don't personally think we need more work about white girls, but you know, if that, if that's, if that is what you are very passionate about and you want to say something about that, then, 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 then do it, you know? <laughs> okay. So I think that pretty much wraps up my fourth question. So my fifth question is what was the worst job you've ever had? Oh shit. Okay. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's a couple <laughs> that come immediately to mind. Okay. I in 2017. And this is not counting like teenage jobs. Right. Like I worked at like McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that bad though. I mean, that's a typical like 16, 17 year old job. I worked at like, I worked at the Gap. <laughs> Shit like that. that whatever um, that comes up, I'd be like, damn, I was trying to get on, but they didn't get me on. Um, my polka dot shirts, damn it. <laughs> uh, but I worked for this um, arts nonprofit out here in Pittsburgh. Ooh, I remember this. Yeah, child. And the CEO was a dick. (laughs) I'm trying to think of another way to put it. He was just a dick. And while I understand he was under a lot of pressure to turn it around, because it was just, it had been failing for a number number of years, just bad decisions being made by people who were there before him. But he just treated everybody badly. But with me specifically, Particularly, maybe until like 2018, I ran into this quite a bit in Pittsburgh. I moved here in 2014 and I was in a situation where, although some people did know about my work in Pittsburgh, I, you know, I was, I was pretty much unknown to people right. here. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm starting over. That That's kind of refreshing in some ways. Cause again, like, you know, New York and like everybody else who knows me around the country is like, honey, oh, the web designer. And I was like, well, I don't want to just be the web designer. Like I do so many other things, right. you know? Right. So I was like, okay, this is cute. This is a fresh start here. Um, and so it was a, it was one of the positions I've been put in where someone just not only didn't seem familiar enough with my work, although he sought me out to work there. I was the director of marketing and communications, Mm -hmm. but everything I suggested, it was just questioned, micromanaged, worst, passive aggressive. And it was like really fucking with me after a while. Cause I'm like, imagine using that kind of energy when you have this level of talent, like what the fuck, why even? And there was, there was a few people there that I'm like, you just, you snagged like the dream person in this position. Cause I had another friend that worked there, the director of um, exhibitions, mm-hmm. who was like extremely fucking accomplished mm-hmm. in that field. Like as, just as a curator and like cultural producer. Mm-hmm. And he, it just got to the point. <laughs> this man just made it so fucking insufferable for everybody that worked there. Like he was just like erratic. He was dating one of the artists we were funding, which is a big goddamn no-no. Oh, yes. Hello, liability. Here comes my HR hat. What the fuck are you doing? Like the whole organization is 
she was like 20 years younger than he was so it's just like the power dynamic yeah exactly like big taking advantage of this young girl vibes just like it was it just got really bad i super roachy it, it got it got it, it got traumatic mm. <laughs> you know I had like PTSD after that um I ended up getting laid off five days before Christmas mm. in 2017 because I went I actually ended up going to the board of directors about him because mm. he was blocking my ability to do my job and I'm like this is gonna make me look bad right you know and I'm like we can't have it so I I had to like drop a dime on this nigga and he laid me off which is retaliation Um, yes and you would have been correct to go to the EEOC about it because whistleblower shit is protected and he paid himself some more well I ended I I, he ended up getting fired (laughs) and there you have it and they apparently dragged out of the building what yeah I, oh I wasn't God. I wasn't there. Oh, you know what else this nigga did? He stole my Route 100 award. What? Oh, that's right. Because it got shipped there after you got it. Yes. It, oh. I actually was still an employee there because I had to, you know, I, I had two weeks until the end of my employment after I got laid off to like wrap up loose ends or whatever. But I just started working from home because I'm like, well, if I'm already laid off, I'm not coming in this office every day. Like, fuck you. And so my Route 100 award got shipped to the office and he took it and never gave it to me. Do you know when I got that that award back? Maybe like six months ago. Because yeah, the whole, they don't work out of that building anymore. Mm -hmm. The building got sold to, I think, uh, University of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And someone that was working there while I was working there was like in the basement and found it and, and sent it to me. What? Yeah, so like three fucking years. I did not have my Route 100 award. People have sent you a new award? They said they were going to and they did not. Okay, so what happened was when I... (laughs) They have the award there when you go to the ceremony. So I, you know, I won the Route 100 award in, in 2017. I went to the ceremony. My name was spelled wrong Mm-mm. on the award. It was H-U-N-N-Y. Boo. I was Ass. so upset. I, was I like, would have been too. I was like, that is not my name. Like everybody that works for the Route, like y'all know me. My fucking cousin works for the Route, son. Like y'all could have checked this. But there was- Wasn't very- he an honoree too? No, he wasn't because okay. he worked there. Oh, fair. You're right. Yeah. Right. So I was just really, I was pissed. But they were super gracious and apologetic about it. You know, I, I we love the brew. I do love the brew. Yeah, um, so so they had to get it redone. And that's the one they sent to me. And then I, I did tell them because I had to track it. It was like two months later. I just thought they hadn't sent it. Hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, that was delivered to this address. I was like, oh, fuck me. That is my old job. Damn. I called there. They claimed they never saw it um like, so what is even the point of all that like just some people that's some bitch ass shit like you know yeah you know the best organizations with the most talented people have been taken down by whack-ass leaders like on a regular fucking basis exactly and what's annoying is and and this is just from a, a idealistic hr view because i know who i actually work for whenever i'm representing whatever it's not it's never really the the um employees it's the organization but Mm -hmm. if i'm thinking about the organization it's like why would you risk your whole shit for this fucking monkey like get him (laughs) the fuck out of here 
He's a fucking liability. Pack them up and get them out of here. If you want to pay them off, that's on you. If you want to figure out ways to avoid that, let's talk about it. But get this nigga out of here. Right. Like, you keep someone who is terrible and chasing away your best talent. It don't make no sense. It, well, like, honestly, HR at that company wasn't shit either. Like she was, it was one lady and she was like instrumental in some of the fuck shit that ended up happening there. Anyway, the whole company doesn't even exist anymore, which is sad. that. Because it actually was a storied nonprofit here in Pittsburgh. It's yeah, I remember like reading like you were posting something. info about it, and I remember reading up on it, and it had a long, you know, legacy. And yes, basically, it was going down because of bad leadership. Exactly. So that that was definitely my worst job. My worst work experience was co-founding a tech startup and getting completely blamed for all the failures of that startup because there was two other people I co-founded with that were fucking morons (laughs) and some people are gonna know what I'm talking about I'm not I'm not gonna name them but I think I know what you're talking about as well fucking morons and so you know what I I I'm I it was extreme like I cannot use the word traumatic enough like I had full-on PTSD from those two experiences as well because they both they both kind of happened back to back from each other yeah and I was like okay number one first and foremost I'm not working with men anymore I hear you and they they have to be like queer men at least I'm not working with like cisgender straight heterosexual dudes cannot tell me what to do at this point because there's just so, some kind of like machoism and ego where they see somebody like me who know I know I know what the fuck I am talking about if I say if I don't say shit it's because I don't know right which <laughs> is a once, smart way to move <laughs> but once I get to the point where I'm like nah I'm I'm uh, this is the right decision this is why this is like the fucking years if not decades of experience I have to back this up and someone's still like, now nah, we're going to do this. And I know that it's a bad decision. I know it's a disastrous like decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like just hanging in there, just hoping I ain't never doing that shit again. And what made me the most sad is all three of these people that treated me like this for black men. Which is the worst because again, and I, I said this like up to yesterday, you expect more from black people. You just do. You expect them to be fair because we know unfair. You expect them to at least offer some kind of protection because we we are mostly unprotected out in this bitch. And, okay. and ultimately, unfortunately, it'd be we all we got and it's the black ladies. And like, we, we all we got. Like right. black ladies, everybody like who, because there's a lot of, unfortunately, weak ass fucking links. Mm-hmm. are very committed to uh usurping the position of the white guy as the abuser in the family period you know what i'm saying they want they want that gig so bad and mm-hmm. niggas who cry the loudest when people say shit like that are the biggest offenders so yeah. like yeah like, not all not everybody but a lot of you yeah like, who's, who's the problem in this particular family right now you know what yeah. i'm saying like who's the one who's making it hot for everybody right now? Exactly. Louder, they saying nothing right now. Well, that'll be you. So the weakest like, links, they cannot come in the future with us. Yeah, the Afro future don't have you in it if you're not fucking for everybody getting to the future with everybody. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. So I, I'm just like, 
I'm I'm like some somebody got oh oh god I'm forgetting I had another experience oh, no. right before the pandemic last year with another black man in charge of a company but I saw that quick I saw it quick I was I, and I and I quit <laughs> I worked I worked for them for like seven weeks mm. it was virtual they was based in New York he actually had flown out to Pittsburgh in January of last year to entice me to come and work for this company. And I just saw shit immediately. The same thing where I was like, okay, boom, here's my plan to execute this. And it was just like, no. And I was like, okay. Like, well, that's that on that. <laughs> I was like, all right, bye. Like, I gotta go. There's like shocks, but I was like, nah, I've been here before, son. Like, I cannot, I cannot do this. Like, like I need I'm to not gonna get played me. for a third time with your bullshit. I'm out. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and so, that is so, also the beauty of being self-directed uh, in terms of your career because you could just be like, well, this isn't gonna fit. I'm taking it off and I'm leaving. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so yeah, yeah fuck that <laughs> i'm not working for men ever again i'm i'm actually not i'm not working for anybody ever again and that's also not. a major key because just even for these years that i've worked for myself it's just kind of like well why weren't we already doing this you know what i mean like you don't know what you don't know until you know it exactly Exactly. uh, and so that is also like the advice I try to impart on people but I'm like you're not gonna know even my daughter I'm like you as much as I want to just tell you immediately not to do certain stuff you have to feel it right (laughs) to learn you know the same way you touch a hot stove and be like well shit I'm not doing that maybe I shouldn't do that again right right and unfortunately I I went through it three times before I was like, that's hot, bitch. Like, fuck, there's no more blisters. Like, no, not like, doing that no more. Look, I have officially lost one of my fingerprints burning myself on this. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> but a lot of it is what you said. Like, you know, I I have amazing relationships with with a whole bunch of of black men in my life. Like, I my family is full of amazing black men. Mm-hmm. So I'm just. I was even kind of late to the party on like black women really starting to hold black men accountable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like on no pick me shit or nothing. Cause I'm all, you know, I'm also gay. So it wasn't about like pick me shit with them. It was just like, man, I just have, I just, I, 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 I want them to do better. And I still do. I still yeah. do. But I'm like, as far as like stopping my trajectory to teach you certain shit, or to like bow down to you or be submissive mm-hmm. or like let you, let you take my work in a d- fuck shit direction. Like I'm not doing it anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Love from afar. It, these cats be um, dependent on the fact that we are indoctrinated with the idea of giving them passes because we don't want to, you know, air out family business or we don't, mm-hmm. well, we don't want another black man looking bad out in public. But, you know, sometimes I would like, but you did that to yourself, bro. Yeah. Like, what, like, I don't feel like it, it's a funny thing that the expectation for black women is to always take on everybody else's shit mm-hmm. and leave themselves last. Like, yeah, I remember I was on this wonderful podcast called the Joy of Black Women podcast. Really great. Mm. And it's hosted by a black man, but he, he always interviews black women about what brings them joy. And he always asks at the end of the episode, like, what do you want for Black women? 
And I remember saying, I want them to divest themselves of the feeling that they have to be a mule for everybody. Ooh, ooh, heater. And I was like, you know, I want them to be in a place where they are loved and protected. I want them, I want everybody to know what we are fucking capable of. And that's the thing where cats are just reliant on us, taking a back seat, like throughout history, literally, there were women who were creating the beat that everybody else is dancing to. Mm-hmm. And you don't know their fucking names. Mm. But you know the dude down front, though, who was mm. the band. Mm. You know so mm-hmm. like, you know, like cats are really dependent on us pointing them in the direction and getting everything together and leaving yourself the last thing on your list, on your to-do list. And that the, the girls, the new girls, they off that. And the boys are mad about yes. it. <laughs> yes, they are. These like these are. these young girls coming up. They're I mean, I, it. I, it, I and I and I love that. That's why I'm never gonna be somebody who like talks shit about like Generation Z or Hell whatever. Because no. I'm like, I mean, no, they on it. And and granted, a lot of what they on is you know from us and the older generation because we put it out there for them. We got it started, and they picked it picked it up and learned more than we did, and yeah. are teaching us basically yeah. a lot of women who who could take a lesson from a lot of these young sisters who were like oh no you're not going to waste my time unless you pay me for it right <laughs> fuck you my pay labor me. is not free <laughs> these young girls be like here is my cash app motherfucker <laughs> and i'm like yes young sis. oh you want to be like... in my dms here's my cash app <laughs> Pay me for my motherfucking labor. So yeah, that's I'm I'm heavy on that at this point. I mean, I I was I was lightweight on that from shit, even my first job, you know, because mm-hmm. I've I've almost always in my like traditional career worked for men, and I was like, well, this is bullshit. Like I saw that real quick. I was like, this is bullshit. Not that none of them have never been good leaders, but it's just something that they are like just society just teaches men that they have that, to dominate everything and that no they matter what know it is. everything and that and every they, idea they has to be them and i'm like <laughs> oh that's just why i'm like yo patriarchy hurts y'all niggas too like i wish i would get Word. off that like it's fucking Word. y'all up so, i say that all the time like y'all y'all ain't winning with this shit <laughs> y'all not all. and honestly heteronormativity is not helping anybody either you know this like constant like obsession with what queer people are doing yeah what what the fuck is that shit like um them people ain't got nothing to do with you they out here trying to live at all and i'm like you just gonna be like so much happier when you can just like learn from everybody and not really care like what someone's gender is oh what about the children what the the fucking hypothetical children that you don't even have you don't get out my face and children are so adaptable any goddamn way that's why that is why like the 18 19 20 year olds is so cool (laughs) because they like i don't i don't care about shit like that like we all it's like star trek next generation i've been watching re-watching that lately i'm such a fucking dork (laughs) and it's you know it's like a future that was imagined where gender at least among humans was just like a fucking non-factor right and I now granted it, that show is so it is like so heteronormative though like but it was like the early 90s so they didn't know better yet but um it's just like yo can we just like stop getting to a point where women just can't 
can't do or say shit without the man mansplaining and like or if you're enjoying something and loving it a bunch of fucking trolls come popping up to try to piss on your shit and yuck your yum it's like just let people have their things let the girls have their discussion and be quiet you don't even know because they're not used to not being centered just like white people i'm like y'all don't it's not all this fucking about you like mind your goddamn business damon was right he said black men are the white people of black people and all them niggas started crying and i lived oh man because it was right he got so much shit for that and he was chilling about it i know he was (laughs) oh he was chilling Them cast was upset, and I love that it came from another black man. It had, I mean, because it had to. It's the only way, because yeah. if one of us said that shit, it would have just been a firestorm of fuck shit and just cats wanting to dox you and fuck your life up and shit like that. Exactly. Because you know, it's not a safe place for women in general, but for black women, even less. Yeah. And for queer people, even less. <laughs> Ciao child this this hierarchy you know that people are just like so attached to someone being on lower on the totem pole than them so 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 stupid like you could you know what mind your business it's easy (laughs) it's free (laughs) (laughs) but yeah those were my worst working experiences working for niggas (laughs) and you know in they, the worst in yeah. the hard er at that <laughs> and that's why in none of them businesses exist anymore i'm the business killer honestly i wish people would start listening to me you're not well, a business killer it's the cats who won't listen fuckers you should have paid right. attention to what the fuck i was talking about now look should, at you should have listened should. with your stupid ass <laughs> <laughs> never again child never. Oh, fuck them um you still out here prospering they can suck my dick from the back yes so that was my last question (laughs) i love it (laughs) i love it i love it i love it that was fun where can the people find you and what are you working on let's see well uh my website is honeyyoung.com h-u-n-y-y-o-u-n-g.com that will forward you to my photography portfolio right now but eventually it will be a full site encapsulating all of this fucking shit that i do <laughs> um on twitter i'm honey h-u-n-y you can follow me on twitter i don't really be on twitter that much anymore mm. i've been on there for 13 goddamn years yeah. i am not a heavy tweeter anymore I've been on Twitter since 08, I think. Like on the, the one that I use the most now, uh, it's been oof, 10 years now. I've been on Instagram for about 11 damn years as well. But I love Instagram. Instagram is probably the best bet. Honey Rocks, H-U-N-Y-R-O-C-K-S. If you are into club music, queer club music, techno house, all of which was invented by black and brown people. Say that for the assholes in the back talking about EDM. <laughs> <laughs> My SoundCloud name is also Honey Rocks, H-U-N-Y-R-O-C-K-S. Um, you can find me in these streets, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Run up, get done up. So I'm like, <laughs> no, don't, don't find me in these streets. You don't, no. you don't want that smoke. Oh, right. People, Mm-mm. thank you. <laughs> And as far you don't as know who I am, you think you do, but you don't. Don't. Mm-mm. You think you know, but you have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> what the is real that world. from? The real world. The real world. 
Speaking of, oh, I've been yeah. watching that fucking reboot, and I I think I I got to like. I think I caught up to where they were because they're doing the thing where instead of just letting you binge the shit, they give oh, you- Oh, they're rolling it out. Yeah, I hate that shit. Just I give me the shit. thing so I can <laughs> react appropriately. Exactly. But I love how the thing, the way, the way that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same because Kevin is still being made, trying to be made crazy by the Blunkles in the house. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, imagine at my big age, I go back into this shit with you motherfuckers and you're going to try to talk sideways to me about my lived black ass experience bitch we will fucking not because that's exactly what it would happen the whole discussion would yeah. out. i'd be like and i know more than i did when i watched the show in like 92 when it first you know appeared and like i could not imagine being in kevin's place then or now because i'd be right. like not me not today rebecca no. we're not doing it and her name is in fact <laughs> becky i was <laughs> no, no ma'am we not <laughs> I want to. I want to go watch it. Yeah, um, I'm curious. Yeah, it's still good. I mean, they're in the same loft and everything. That is hilarious. Wow. Yeah, MTV was clever with that shit for real. But um, they did that shit. They created a whole fucking lane for a lot of unimpressive people. <laughs> facts like MTV literally created reality television. Yeah, they really did. They really did, and just they were like, "Fuck music." <laughs> videos what are those <laughs> music television what the fuck is that <laughs> now we watch videos on goddamn youtube too. on my phone and shit when on the past through because most of the time I, there's songs that i like I, there's a video for this oh, I exactly I, I don't even watch video i don't even, i'm like oh there's a video for this song i heard like three years ago hi avery uh what am i working on right now trying to stay sane Amen. um primarily um <laughs> oh shit what the hell am I working on I I actually right now I'm a, a resident artist for a program called Sybil Shrine Fantastic. which is very specifically a residency program created for black mothers who are oh, artists I love that first of its kind it was founded by Alicia Warnsley here in uh, Pittsburgh very accomplished artist she she used to live in New York done a lot of work all around the country mm -hmm. um there are black people in the future that's her work oh, if you've ever heard that wonderful phrase. yes so she she's a, she's a mom and she you know we actually had a talk a few years ago about residencies because a lot of residencies we move into a place and I'm like well do you have a three-bedroom <laughs> because right I have children um and the answer is no of course you all can't. the time because the assumption is the artist exists in a vacuum with nobody else hmm. right exactly or really just that people who are parents just your life is over and you don't want to like pursue like that's the opportunities other thing. like that that is also the dope thing about you too because you're you're the walking around talking breathing proof that ain't nothing over once the babies show up do whatever you want well, I've just been a mother for damn near all of my adult life any goddamn way. So it's like, my life wasn't fin to end back then, child. Like, my daughter is 15, but, you know, it definitely... over that, by the way. Like, I, you. you. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. She's about to be 16 in a month. That's no, like, two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. Nope, she's she is eight. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's wild, but that that's an amazing residency program. They've, they, I already am in an exhibition because of that one. That is amazing. Um, that there's is more amazing. exhibitions coming up this year into 2022 that I will be announcing um, 
I'm also a fellow with the Marking This Moment Fellowship Program from Kelly Strayhorn Theater. Um, That revolves a lot around all the protest photography I did last year, Mm -hmm. um, which was very important to me because when I first started going to protest out here, I would watch like the white photographers Mm. being really disruptive. Of course. You know, weaving through the crowd at these like intense emotional moments. Of course. And also still centering themselves in the middle of our story. Yes. Yes. And it was just so distracting. So I'm like, I'm going to go to these protests anyway. Why don't I just start like photographing them? You know, not for a publication, not getting paid to do this. I'm going to be there anyway. A lot, a lot of the activists that were leading these protests here in Pittsburgh was friends of mine anyway. Mm -hmm. So they felt comfortable with me being there. So I got a fellowship for that, which was awesome because I didn't do that for any reason. (laughs) I love that. Even, I, when just, yeah. even just regular stuff you out here prospering over it i love it my ancestors be looking out and like i'm very grateful for for everything that's coming into my life right now um uh, i just i got a i got a few little things i got a few little Dude, projects little things look at this <laughs> i'll be debuting a lot of new work um in the late spring oh i'm excited i can't wait to see it <laughs> Thank you, darling. Well, I am super, 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 super fucking geeked and happy that we were able to do this. Me too. I give you a a nice little platform to talk your shit. That's my platform is like I'll be like a platform. Give me a break. It's just me talking to my friend. You have a platform. It's your platform, girl. That's your brand. Own it. <laughs> I was, you know, when I thought of this whole thing, it was kind of like I kind of want to do it, kind of like a non-rochi version of Andy Cohen, where you because the whole first part of Watch What Happens was just him talking to his friends on that shit. Like right. he had access to people, obviously, because he knew people. Right. But, you know, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. And that's the reason also too, kind of like I, I had it like a uh in the actor studio moment, which is why I ask everybody mm. the same fucking questions. Love also, that. Also because I'm lazy, but also because I like to hear <laughs> different answers. <laughs> no, I love the same question thing. I do that with American Woman too. Everybody gets asked the same six questions. That's right. That's it's, right. It's it's smart. It helps like focus the conversation. But this was lovely experience. Oh, I'm glad. Yay. 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 <laughs> I appreciate um, it so much. Thank you. Oh, a freaking pleasure, man. I've been I've been standing down for a while. You know, I've been standing now, so this is great. So, I'm- you're- <laughs> you're- <laughs> I miss New York. I will. New York misses you too. What what what's left of New York anyway? It misses you too. And that was my discussion with the amazing Honey Young. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I absolutely did. She is a freaking pleasure and. Um, It was so great to hear about, you know, how she got where she got to and, you know, just kind of her origin story, you know, it was great. Um, So now let's get in to these key takeaways. My one and only key takeaway for this week really is that I know that you know, some of us are double vaxxed and waxed, ah-ah, gang-gang, um, but slow walk all of this, you know, mask off, fuck it, mask off situations that cats are telling us at the CDC, because people ultimately, ultimately, what we're finding out is that 
you know, capitalism don't take no time off and they don't expect you to either. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're pushing up the numbers of people getting ready to get back into these offices. We still got mad different what you call it's floating around different um, versions of this thing floating around. Um, some news dropped, I think yesterday that you can, if you're fully vaccinated, which is the part that people are going to just ignore. If you're fully vaccinated, you can come out that mask. If you are working out and outside, um, with someone who's in your house or other people who were, uh, double vaxxed and waxed. Um, but if you go inside and you're in a crowd or whatever, even if you're in a crowd outside, keep your mask on. My default for that kind of thing is I understand that folks want to get back to regular life. It's summer. They're not trying to do another summer sitting in the house, blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to make it attractive to get your shit, which you should go do that because go do that shit so that we can all be outside chilling. But the problem with that is I know that there are lots of moneyed folks who are very interested in getting people back to getting exploited, back to grinding themselves down to the bone back to 4,000 meetings in the conference room, back to all that shit because that money don't stop. You know what I'm saying? So all of that to say, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Shout out to Simone, my queen of drag race. And keep your mask on, B, because I don't trust it. And everybody dirty. And you know mad cats are going to lie to kick it. So, you know, cats are going to be like, yeah, I'm all vaxxed up. Let's go to Miami. And then you're going to be fucked. (laughs) You're going to be fucked because you can still get sick off this shit. So... Play it slow. You know what I'm saying? I just bought some fresh new masks. That's what we're going to be doing. Um, I don't trust nobody. Um, Everybody had to advertise how disgusting and dirty they are and how stupid they are that they will fake getting vaccinated instead of just bopping down to the place and getting fucking vaccinated. Bitches are buying fake cards. Bitch, the vaccine is free. Just go get that shit. Like... What the fuck is the problem? I, I just, your cousins are fucking stupid. So I'm not going to fucking trust none of this shit. So keep your fucking vax, your fucking vax. <laughs> no, keep getting them vaccinations. Keep your goddamn masks on. Wash your hands. Wash your masks because people be out here. You know who you are. If I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Wash your goddamn mask. Um, or just, you know, get the, the disposable joints. It's whatever. Um, yeah, just uh, slow walk it. I, I want to hear. I want to hear more people getting vaccinated. I want to hear more people um, doing the, what they're supposed to do. Cause I know Craig and them gonna lie to kick it. So I'm not gonna fucking trust it with nobody. So yeah, keep the mask on. Keep washing your hands. Keep taking care of yourself. Uh, keep a side eye. I'm sorry. I mean, I went and got the vaccination, even though, um, as a black person in this country, it's perfectly within your rights to side eye that shit, but I'd rather risk it with this vaccination than risk it with COVID. And I also know that there's a lot of people who are very interested in getting you out, out in these streets, which is fine. You know, go do it, sit outside, eat your foods, uh, talk to your friends, but you know, make sure you double vaxxed and, if you want to risk it, risk it. Me personally, I'm going to be wearing these masks for the long term because none of us got the flu this year. You want to know why? We was wearing masks. So that's all I got to say about that. And that is it for this week's Mostly Max and Other Things. Talk to you next week. <laughs>